Are you the kind of gal who's not interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga, and join me as I interview and learn and get curious about other hairstylists I believe are living life on their own terms, defining what success means for them and living lives in alignment with that. Let's dive in. I'm so excited to have my course, She Nets Worth, be available and ready for you when the time comes. So I wish when I went independent almost eight years ago that I had a roadmap, I had a framework, I had systems, and I had a benchmark for knowing where things needed to be and what I needed to be doing. And for that reason, um, and the journey that I took to get here and to find a way to be able to operate my salon studio business in a way that allows me to have a life. I'm so passionate about sharing what I've done to be able to do that. And so She Nets Worth, my signature course, is is me bottling up everything that I do behind the chair, everything I do behind the scenes in my business to allow me to have kind of basically the life of my dreams. So please, if you are someone who has gone independent and is, feels like they can't eat, they're just treading water, or if you're someone who is wanting to go independent or not even sure if it's the right thing for you, all of these questions will be answered. And it is such a personal journey, but I promise you that you will get gain clarity, systems, and processes, and just your stress level and your uncertainty will just dissipate because the course is designed for you. It's me, me of yesteryear. So join me there. She Nets Worth is at my website, wavemaking.com backslash course. Hey guys, so I'm so excited today. We have Claire Monroe from Claire Monroe Hair Co. She's in Herndon, Virginia. That's a hard word for me to say. And I'm so excited to share her story and just Claire is someone I've really connected with. And I feel like she has had experiences in the hair industry that have brought her to having her own studio that I feel more of us need to hear about because, you know, everyone's road is so different. And all we see is someone's like beautiful studio. And I think Claire is an example of that, but she's also a hair educator and, you know, sharing what she's gone through and how she's arrived at this like Instagrammable studio. So I'm so excited for you guys to just kind of learn from her, hear her story and how she arrived at today. So Claire, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. Yeah, I'm so excited to just have people, you know, you kind of like I was saying, you know, you see someone's Instagram, you see like a beautiful studio and you don't necessarily see like what brought them to like that part of their career. And you're like no exception to having like a story and a winding road that got you here. So can you tell us a little bit about just your background and like how, you know, you've had your studio for a little bit over a year and like what, what kind of set the stage for it to be so successful? Yeah. So I've actually been in the industry for over 15 years. So it's been kind of a long journey to um, get to the studio, but um, I started in uh, hair school in 2006. And um, I was started working at a commission salon and assisting. And then when I graduated, I moved to um, San Francisco because I wanted to do fashion school. And I tried to work in a salon part time and found out I didn't have um, licensed reciprocity in California from Virginia. 
Um, and then after about like a semester of doing fashion design, I was like, you know what? I'm definitely a hairstylist for sure. And I moved back to Virginia so I could continue doing hair. Um, I've lived in New York. I lived in Southern Virginia. I've kind of worked in like so many different environments from like a bigger commission salon to being an independent contractor to working in a small town in a spa. Um, I've kind of worked all over. Yeah. And like, I feel like your perspective on like, you know, with your, you have a course coming out and you're kind of sharing your perspective on, on just like what you wish you would have known and like the situations you were in and how some of them were set up for you to succeed and other ones were not. Can you share a little bit about some of the, you know, the steps along the way and like what you learned and, you know, sometimes the unethical things that were going on? So I've been in a couple of different situations where I wish that someone would have guided me in um, questions to ask during interviews so that there's like really um, clear expectations. Like I found out one salon that I was working at um, that they included gratuity, which I do now and I absolutely love doing it. But the one place I was at, they were actually taking tips and keeping them. And that's like a question that I wish I would have asked instead of like waiting until you get your paycheck and doing the math and then finding this out. Um, there, there's just certain things or like what hours you should be working. Um, you know, because when you're first starting out as a commission stylist or as an assistant, you're not going to be working at set hours. You're probably going to be working if you're assisting um, and a, a stylist, you're going to be working until they're done. So I just want to give the tools to new stylists or stylists that are moving to different locations or changing from commission to independent or just giving some tools to um, just have a successful career and just to be able to ask the right questions so you have clear expectations of what you're getting into. Totally. I think that's so important because I know for myself, every interview I went into, I felt like I was the lucky one. And like looking back on it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I really wasn't interviewing them. And you know, like the healthier you get, the more you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm, 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 a, I'm a great employee, you know, like I should have had questions prepared and um, yeah, just realizing like, you know, it's a huge decision. And I think sometimes we, I don't know, I don't know for myself, like I never wanted to be that stylist that bounced around. And that's why I love your story of just like trying to like chase your dreams and like course correcting along the way like okay I went to San San Francisco it wasn't what I thought it would be like okay I'm going to course correct and head home reroute and then like you do it again to go to New York and you know the experiences you have and I don't know I guess I feel like I've always been really hard on myself like when I left my first lawn like I never wanted to be that person that bounced around I was very judgmental of other stylists but I think that your you know your experience is just like I don't know, it's empowering to a young stylist to be like, you, you still arrive where you're meant to end up, but like the road that you take, it's like probably not the road you think you're going to be on. Absolutely. I mean, I think that the old school way of looking at it is being at one salon and just growing and that's the only way to grow, but actually you can change different, um, different salons or different careers in the hair industry and still be successful. And um, you know, I left and came back to one salon multiple times. And each time I left and came back, you know, I could see as a failure of like, oh, that other place didn't work out. But actually, I took away so much, so many different skill sets. So then when I opened my studio, I was ready and had different things to prepare me for that. 
Yeah, I think that's so cool to hear because it's like, you know, a lot of people would be like, feel like, like, like a, I'm a loser. Like I, I'm going back to where I came from, but it's like, there's a lot of like courage involved in like saying like, you know what, I'm going to head back here and like, just get my bearings, get my feet under me. And I think that like more stylists, like I know people that have gone independent and it wasn't for them. And it's like, that's, what's so cool about the course you've created. It's like, it's not saying like, Hey, it's only for this kind of stylist. It's like, it's recognizing that the, there's so many seasons to our careers as hairstylists. And I love that you touch on that in your course. Cause that's something that I don't think is something we really is like represented in the industry of like, wait, you like have a baby in one season. And so you're like not killing it like hardcore behind the chair, but you're maintaining. And that's, that's a season. And then like, there's all these seasons and like, maybe it's like you're, you know, you're building, that's a different season. And like, can you talk about how like that's played a role in like your, your journey? Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely, um, seasons of life to like work hard and hustle. And sometimes there's times to just like more enjoy life and have a better schedule. And, um, that's something I talk about in the course and, um, just having a good mindset around those different seasons, which is so important. Um, there are times when my husband was in uh, PA school and I was working every other week, driving four and a half hours back and forth. Um, you know, and working really hard and opening the studio, like during a pandemic was pretty crazy. And you just have to work, um, really hard sometimes, but it doesn't have to be forever. And, um, your course, the she nets worth has really changed the game for me, um, of like setting different boundaries and like being able to work better hours and, um, working at working more of a dream schedule. Um, because I have this established business now, so now I can kind of take a minute to enjoy the free time, um, outside of this, outside of the work. But, um, you know, when you're first starting out, like you really need, or moving to a new location, you really need to work, you know, a few more hours and put more time in to build that clientele. Totally. And I, I still find myself like being like, I'm going on a trip. I need to make up all those hours. And I literally like put like three Saturdays into my schedule. And I sent an email out being like, Hey, I'm getting ready to do holiday hair. And it was so funny because all my clients that schedule when they saw that email, none of them booked on Saturdays. And I was like, take your own advice, Lindsay. Like you don't have to make up every hour you miss because that's what you did when you started. And like, I, it's funny to me. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, like we have these like dated mindsets sometimes of like, people want Saturdays. It's like, no people kind of like get used to whatever schedule you have. So like here I have like three open Saturdays just chilling and I actually took two of them out. So I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. Yeah. Like we keep, we always, I don't know. I always do that as well. Um, some people just want to come during the week, especially with people working from home now so that they can enjoy their weekend, um, not spending the time in the salon. Um, and it's just, you know, I think as a hairstylist, we all deserve vacation where you don't have to work a whole bunch ahead of time and after like well, you still deserve rest too because you want to take care of your body and your mind and your soul and that way you can be a provide a great provider for your clients totally like I feel like so much of it's like mindset and I feel like I wish that I had like you know like like your course like or something to like hear someone's experience before I got into it I don't know like 
I, there just wasn't hairstylists talking about any of this stuff back in 2005, 2006, when I was getting started. And I do think that it really would have, I don't know if I would have listened to them because you know how like the hairstylists that were independent back then, they were like, oh yeah, I used to work for like Rusk or I used to work for whatever like old fashioned brand. And they're like, but now I work in my basement. I have my own studio. And you were like, oh geez, like, God, that's, I hope it's not how that ends up for me. And like, it was very judgmental. Whereas now, like, there's no, um, there's not this weird, like, um, I don't know, just like this preconceived notion about independence. And it's not like you're in your basement anymore doing like random people's hair. And so I just feel like it's so cool to like have this like new version of hairstylist. That's why I love your course being called Hair School 2.0. Cause it's like everything we wish we would have known. And like, just, I think it's just a really cool, just like, just to kind of cover all the basis of like, this is, here's what they're not telling you. Yeah. Cause in hair school, they prepare you for like, you know, your color formulations, how to cut good hair. Um, and I just feel like there's a missing part of, um, that mindset of, and how to ask the right questions for interviews. And also like, what kind of salon do you want to work in? Like, what's the vibe you're looking for? Like, what location do you want to be in? Um, I also share in the course too of like, uh, I love talking about what it means to be a six figure hairstylist. Like, what does that actually mean? Does that mean like what you're taking home? Does that mean you're like gross, you know, you and you can actually make more than six figures. So I, I just wanted to share some like clarity on that and um, just some tools to help have a, having a successful career in this industry. Yeah, totally. And it's like, I mean, I don't know how many times I went online and just trying to Google questions I had, but there just weren't resources out there, you know, answering these kinds of questions. People weren't being as transparent as they are today. And I'm with you, the whole like elusive, be a six figure stylist. It's like, it's such like a, it's kind of like the word passive income to me. It's like, like, you know, I'm a six figure stylist and it's like, I don't know, to me, it feels gimmicky. So I love what you're talking about, like just really explaining it to people and like what it actually looks like and like explaining, like some people are talking about being six figure stylists with just their, their total service revenue. Some people are talking about it in terms of like their net profit. What are they left with at the end of the day? And I feel like I've always been someone that's like understood, like not all of it, but I've understood like, okay, a lot of my money that I'm making is going to my costs and my overhead. So I've always thought in terms of net, which like my husband's always like, Lindsay, you know, you're always like kind of downplaying what you're doing, but it's like, I'm thinking real numbers. I'm not thinking Instagram vanity metrics bullshit. Yeah. Cause like, what it, what does that actually mean? And I think it's easy to get caught up in comparison and what you see on Instagram, but like um, you know, what, what does it mean to you? And, and also like, what, what kind of dream life do you want to have as well? Like what someone might make in New York, New York city versus someone in a small town. Well, you have two, you could be making the same income and having two completely different lifestyles. So having what, what works for you, but yeah, I I'm loving how there's a huge shift in our industry of transparency. Um, it just, brings the whole industry up together and it's just it's really cool yeah and I think just like understanding like and people sharing like 
like if, as you figure it out, like sharing what you've learned to help other people. And I feel like that's what you're doing. That's what I'm trying to do. And um, when you think about, you know, like I was talking to my coworker, Jenny, and we were talking about like, isn't it like sound more inspired, like more exciting to have a 401k and to be planning for your future and to be able to retire versus like your name on the door somewhere. And it's like, it's cool if you can do both. It's cool if you even want to do both. But like, um, I think that like the new like wave of like success should be more about like, and you talk about this, like, just like, are you, are you, do you have a life that someday you're, you're setting up to be able to live without working? And if you want to work cool, but um, I don't know, I just feel like there's this new, like, I'm noticing it and like seeing it in, you know, like the friendships I have in the industry, it's like, kind of planning for the future and being excited about your own life beyond the chair, even though you love what you do behind the chair. I think part of what allows you to like enjoy it day to day is to know you're working for something bigger long-term. Absolutely. And you're like, I have so much more fun being with your clients and providing great service when you have a personal life and like you can share fun stories and just things going on. Um, cause when it's just about just the same thing day to day, like that just is going to burn you out. Totally. And I think sometimes people think like the next thing is like the next big career thing, but I found for myself, like, you know, when you talk about being six figure sales or whatever, it's like, I found like kind of having lower sales, but being mindful about my like spending and, um, being able to enjoy my life and know that like growth you know, might not look like a bigger salon growth might not look like, you know, like, you know, like a 17 chair salon, it might be just like really getting this thing to a well-oiled machine and being able to like, you know, like have money set aside for your future. And I think that like, like redefining what growth looks like, and it doesn't need to be so tangible for people. Cause I feel like it's in this industry, it's such instant gratification. So I feel like a lot of times it's like, you think growth is going to involve like something that you can post on Instagram. And it's like, no one really posts their bank accounts, but like, if we did, it'd be a different game. Like Gary Vaynerchuk says, like, if you had your like net worth, like on your chest versus like, you know, the salon you work in or, you know, the kind of hair you're doing, it's like, it'd be a totally different game. It really would be totally. Um, I've been listening to the company of one, which you suggested and yeah, it's incredible. It's an incredible, um, I'm loving an audible. Um, but of just like, you know, what is, what kind of life do you want to live? And like, how can you make that happen in a, on a smaller scale? And it doesn't yeah. have to be a look up in the bigger. No. And I love that. And I love, there's like a part, I don't know if you're at it in the book, but it's this guy who is like in corporate America. And he actually like decided he, what he loved to do was like cartooning. And so he decided to like open a studio in his like carriage house or whatever in his at home. And he became as successful, if not more successful at what he loved. And then it became the point where it's like, okay, do I add people? It's kind of like in the salon world. Like, do I add that assistant? Do I keep growing? Because that's what society says success is. And he realized that for him growing beyond what he was doing and being in demand he was going to do less and less of the work that he loved to do because he'd start managing people and it would take away. And so he decided like, I'm doing enough. And like, yes, I'm in demand. Yes. There's going to be a wait for my time getting comfortable with that tension, as opposed to like growing and not being happy and doing the work that he loves anymore. And I, that just stuck with me. 
the hair industry has like so much to offer and like you should be able to be happy in whatever uh facet that you choose yeah totally and like they change right like it's like what makes you happy in one season might not make you happy in the next and like you know, it's cool to be able to kind of come back and like reevaluate what, what your needs are and getting them met. And I think that's one thing, like as hairstyles, we're not really that really in tune with ourselves. We're so used to being consistent for other people that oftentimes we like, don't actually make the changes in a timely fashion that honor our lives. And that's why I think we get far down the road and we're like, wait, like, who am I? I've lost myself in this. And, uh, I think that's just really cool to touch on. Cause it's like, if you think the career you have at 19, 20, 21 is going to be the career that actually fulfills you at 30, 35, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. I know I was. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the career that I had at 19 versus now is completely different. And what I value is completely different. And, um, it's just, I I just want to give those tools to newer stylists. So that way, you know, you, you can, you can, have success and like know to ride the waves throughout your career and to be able to, uh, change when you need to change as well. Like I have a whole section on like what to do when you're no longer feeling like it's everything's aligning. Cause I think that's a good point as well of like, you don't want to stay in a place where you're unhappy because the only thing that's going to look at, look bad is yourself, you know, like you can try to make changes, but at a certain point, you're just going to feel like a negative energy. So being strong to make those choices to follow a new path that's right for you. Totally. And like taking responsibility for yourself. And I think sometimes it's like, it gives us certainty to stay stuck and like kind of, um, you know, not be living at our full potential. And it's easy to blame a salon owner when it's like, what if we moved on gracefully and like acknowledge that like this was an amazing fit at 19 through 22. And then after that, it's like, okay, I've got to make a change. I, I, I see people and I see salons like starting to change the narrative on that. So it's not such like a tumultuous ending because it shouldn't be like, I remember being, I thinking that I was going to like, you know, be at my first salon forever. And I remember like, just like the heartbreak and like the disappointment of not, and then the second one, take or leave it. And then my my business partnership, like when that ended being like, we were going to be buried together. And so I just think that it's something where it's like really cool to touch on. Cause I think there's so much, um, disappointment and like resentment, depending on if we stay somewhere too long or we, or we just don't really have realistic expectations around like when things end. And I think all that does, it, it can make you lose yourself and can make you lose your love for doing hair. And like, I know for myself, I wanted hair, to, hair was my whole identity. And I think like, it's cool that you touch on the fact that it can't be, if you want to be in this long-term and, and have it be fulfilling, it's not meant to be your whole world. It really isn't. And, you know, it, it's important to realize that, yeah, it's going to be really hard, probably the first place you leave, but many industries, you do change jobs and it's not this like, Oh, this huge breakup. Like it's okay. It's okay to change. And it's okay to, um, want to try something different. Totally. And like, what would you say, like with opening your studio in the last year and a, it was, it's like a little bit over a year, right? Yeah. So like, what is, what has been like some of the biggest, like, you know, like 
things that have happened in your career that you've kind of come back to with more appreciation now that you have your own studio? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, I think the biggest thing that I think a lot of new stylists think when they, um, are starting in a commission salon, like a bigger place, um, that they think that owners are like taking this huge commission from them and they're, you know, taking all of their profit from them when actually like most owners are doing a lot of work, like keeping the lights on, taking all the risks, like, especially during their pandemic of having to pay rent and pay employees or like software systems and, um, paying for the retail on the shelves. Like, um, you know, a lot of owners do do so much and they put a lot on their shoulders and take a lot of risk. And oftentimes their profit margin isn't that huge. Like most, if you're a successful salon, that's awesome. But, um, you know, what, what's great about a commission salon is that you just get to focus on the craft and just kind of enjoy that. Um, but now like being an established stylist, I'm really enjoying having that freedom to like make choices and to like communicate with the clients and, um, set my own hours and set, um, good boundaries. And, um, I'm really enjoying that now, but I wish I would have learned. I wish I would have known that starting out as a commission salon that like the owners are doing so much for you. Um, as long as you're in a place that you align with that, um, with their values. A hundred percent. That was one of my biggest takeaways when I went independent, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I wish I could go back and be a consultant and like, and like talk to the stylist at the previous places I've worked to be like, no, no, no. Like you don't get it. Like, do you realize like how much this costs and you know what a commercial you understand like, and, and not in a condescending way, but to empower, uh, like stylists to, to have a better feeling towards where they work. And like you said, like not every place is designed to really honor the stylist, but I think a lot of them are the places I work. And I think, um, yeah, it's just crazy how it's the salon owner becomes a scapegoat when it's a very thankless job. And like being a, being a salon owner in 2020 till currently, it's like, it has never been harder. And, um, yeah. And I think a lot of people are going independent and a lot of people are enjoying it, but I think there's a lot of people that are, are going into it misguided under the assumption that like, you're just going to roll in money. And I talk to stylists every day that are like, I went in independent. Like I didn't have a method to my madness. I'm tired of spending my money on product. I'm tired of, it's like, and this appreciation for like, I just want to like do hair. And it's like the smart ones that are feeling that way are going back into commission salons. And like, you know, there's like, you can have a great living either way. It's like, all we're talking about is how we're compensated. That's it. You know, it's like, I think gone are the days of like the people that get it. I, I hate when people act like, Oh, the people that get it are independent. It's like, there's a ton of people that are like killing it in commission salons. I just, for me personally, for the lifestyle I want to have like this and like you were saying, like enjoying, like setting up your own processes and stuff. Like that's when you're doing it for the right reasons. And I think that, yeah, like that was one of my major takeaways. The other major takeaway that I had was, um, when it comes to employees, like I reached out to like my previous manager and I was like, I just want to tell you that I love you. I'm sorry if I ever did anything to make your life harder. And she was like, Lindsay, don't worry about it. You didn't. I'm like, no, 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 no. If I ever asked you to leave early, I'm sorry. 
if I ever, and I, I just, you kind of have an appreciation, like you were saying of like, what's on a manager's shoulders, what's on a salon owner's shoulders. And I don't know. I feel like it. Yeah. yeah, it like connected, it connects me to salon owners. It doesn't make me feel separate from them. And like, I'm in your corner. So with you being independent now and you putting this course together and having like a better setup in your personal life, like how is it like allowed you to like enjoy what you do more and how has it allowed you to have space to like make the course and do other things and how important has that been to you oh it's been so great um i've taken your course and it's really changed the game of setting up systems to just allow me to have more time to um which is focus on projects like this course and which is totally revitalized, like being behind the chair, it's totally more motivating and inspiring. Um, and I want to do what you've done for me and for other independent stylists. I want to do for new hairstylists of just help them to in- encourage and have this brush breath of fresh air of like having tools to navigate what is the best step for them. I love that. And like, I think that it's a cool thing that you said too, about how, like, by like, like having a creative outlet beyond just beyond doing hair has allowed you to feel more creative and to like, enjoy doing hair more. And I think that was like a kind of a secret sauce for me too, of like, once you start like relieving the pressure of being behind the chair, being your everything because you've been doing it for so long that it no longer takes that same amount of mental space that it once did being able to divert some of that energy into something you're building and growing it just kind of like takes the edge off it allows it to be really like an expansive part of your life again it really does and also like um setting a set schedule with more free time. Like I've, um, I work out in the morning, I meditate, I journal and like making sure I'm not working really long hours. So then I'm exhausted. So then I'm sleeping in, you know, it's kind of setting that, that lifestyle up. So you can really feel energized. you take care of your body, take care of your mind to have, to enjoy your career. Totally. And like, I know like, um, like as a stylist, like starting out, like you and I, like in the early two thousands, it's like, I think we all thought we would, we would just like grind and grind and one day arrive at like the, having the space in our lives to like take care of ourselves. But what do you think like as new stylists, like, 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 I guess I have this like inner debate where I'm like, I guess I didn't have to kill myself to get where I am. Like I could have, you know, you know, taken, not worked every night. I could have had one, you know, one early day, or I could have done things like, what do you feel for like the young stylists? Like, what do they have to endure to, to become successful? And, and do they have to, cause you were saying like different seasons and whatever, but I guess I'd love to know your opinion. Yeah. And part of the course, I have 10 things that I wish I would have known, um, starting out and probably number one is to stretch every day like you only have one body and hopefully you don't have to replace any parts. Um, but you really should take care of your body. That's so important. And to start investing in your 401k and saving, like that's so important because you're going to have sick days and you're going to want to take vacations and you're going to want to have seasons in life, like to take a break sometimes. And you want to make sure that you're prepared for that. Totally. And I feel like that is something that like, 
I feel fortunate. The first one I worked at had a 401k, but it's like, I feel like I got lucky. You know what I mean? Like there's so many stylists that, and I think so many people, you know, whether someone's listened to this and they've been in industry a long time or they haven't, like it's, they're not, it's not too late. Like you can still, and that's where like, I, I think your course is for young stylists, but I think it's also for that stylist. that's like, I need to kind of course correct. I need to, I need like to do some soul searching and like spend some time with myself and like get, get right with my finances, get right with my direction I want to go in. And I think that, yeah, there's so many people that I, I think that are under the impression that they missed the boat. And then they're going to listen to this and be like, well, that even that course is for new stylists. And I don't think it is just for new stylists. I think like, if you need to get on track, like, you know, it's not too late ever. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It's, you never are at like too old of an age or too far in your career. You like, you can always be learning and learning something new. Um, and in this course too, I have a couple of sections of like how to track your numbers, some tips for selling retail and, um, just how to create more income behind the share. Totally. And like, I was just thinking about how yesterday I had Eliza, she's a young stylist that works with me, do my hair. And we were like, my coworker, Jenny and I, we were like trying to learn from her. And it's like, that's the cool thing about like young stylists in the industry. It's like, okay, she's got a lot of techniques that were like, that's cool. Like, I can't wait to like watch you do that and understand what you're doing. And, you know, I think like, it's really cool to be like, okay, young stylists are like kind of bridging the gap and teaching us new things. And we're not, you know, like, I think she was nervous that we were there, but we were, we were not at all. Like, um, let me show you how to hold the brush differently. It was like, no, like we want to learn from you just like you're learning from us. And I think that that's, what's really cool about if, if seasoned stylists can share like, Hey, word to the wise and young stylists can share what they're bringing to the table. Cause they bring a lot to the table, fresh perspective, fresh techniques. I feel like the industry, like it's only up from here then. Oh, so true. I couldn't agree more. And uh, these new hairstylists that have this so much education and so much access to online education. I mean, wow. What a gift. What a gift. Yeah, like she's, she's like, oh, I just bought Low Wheeler's course. I'm like, on, like for highlighting, like she, she has all of this, this at her fingertips where like, we used to have to like fly places and like, wait till like, you know, like education came into our salons and it's just, it's pretty yeah. cool, you know? just all the different ways that we can, you know, like better ourselves. Yeah. Like we used to have like maybe once twice a year and now you could do like one class a week or every day if you even wanted to, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. You had to wait for like the beauty show to come unless you like your salon provided a course, you know, like I'd be like, I'm headed to the beauty show to go fast boiling for fast cash. And I would learn something at all these things that people were like laughing at me for going to you know, people would be like, what kind of course is that? I learned so much. Like, but I think also it's having that, like that, like that mindset of like, I, I have the ability to keep learning. Like, I don't think I know everything. And that's like, it takes a level of humility that sometimes is lacking in stylists, you know, uh, of just like realizing, like, there's a spin on this. There's something you can take from it. Even if you're just around inspired people. Oh, uh, I couldn't agree more for sure. You can always take away something from everyone, from any course or any education. 
Um, it's just important to always have an open mind and just even just feel refreshed or just to talk to somebody else in the industry is always cool too. No, totally. And so if you were going to say something like one thing to your younger self, like, like Claire of like getting out of hair school, like what you wish you would have known, like, I know you've got your 10 things you wish you would have known, but like, if you could like specifically talk to yourself and, um, just like prepare yourself for the last 15 years, like, is there, is there one tip or something you would say? I think I would say to just try everything, you know, try, don't be so hard on yourself and like, it's okay to try and try different salons, different, um, careers in, in the industry of like with education, like, just go for it. And you can always try something else if, it, if you don't like it. Oh shit. That's good. I feel like I, Lindsay, Lindsay could have used that too. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, there's so much opportunity and just to not be so hard on yourself and, um, enjoy the ride. Totally. It's like, I feel like I was so afraid of doing it wrong. Yeah. The way that works for you. And that's might not be the right way for somebody else, but it might be perfect for you. Totally. Like, and everything that didn't work out made sense later. It's like, oh, I wanted that Aveda job and they stood me up the crackle barrel. And like, I had six interviews and I wanted to be, I wanted to be a traveling educator. And it's like, didn't pan out, got a gift basket, but like, it's like all those things like later make more sense. Yeah. And you always can take away from something. And I, I totally believe like the universe will put you where you're supposed to be and it will all be how it's supposed to be. And it might not feel like it in the moment, but it might be, you might be able to see it in five, in a year, five years, 10 years of what's, what's the right way for you. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's definitely been true for me. So where can people find you? Where can people get your course? When does it launch? Because I just feel like it's something that's so needed in the industry. And I, I can't wait to, I mean, I'm like halfway through the course. I got it. I got a VIP look at it. And, um, I just, I, I can't recommend it enough. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm so excited for hair school 2.0 to launch on September 27th. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Claire Monroe hair co. Um, and you can also find me on my website at Claire Monroe Awesome. And then is there, you know, I heard a little whisper that there might be like a, like a, some sort of, um, bonus or discount for she makes waves listeners. Yeah. So I am so excited to be on this podcast and for all the, she makes waves listeners, um, I'm offering $90 off the course. That's amazing. Just so how much, and how much is the course? It is two ninety seven. Um, so it's about 30% off and you can use code. She makes waves. Amazing. Thank you so much for offering that. And, you know, I can't wait for people to follow you. And I, I love that you're trying to make like, you know, like your experience, like, I, like your mess, your message, like of just figuring it out on your own and gutting through it and then not wanting that for other people. So thank you for sharing your story and for, you know, caring enough to create a course like this. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun chatting with you. Okay, have a great day. I will see you guys next week.